This is the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Hello and welcome to The Extra Point. I'm Cheryl Ross, the Next Steps and Discipleship Pastor here at Southridge Church. And I'm with Scott Beha, our lead pastor. And we are in another week of our series, Stained Glass Crash. We're almost to the end. Yep. Almost. Um, but hey, before we go any further, if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, if you're watching on there, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any new content and follow us on um, iTunes or Spotify if you listen to the podcast there. But um, this week has been was pretty great. We talked um, about how we shouldn't make it hard for people to come to know God. Yeah. How, you know, transformation is really up to God. Yeah. And two statements that were separate, but they go together. Um, that I just absolutely love and I saw other people post is that, you know, Jesus plus nothing is sufficient for salvation. Yeah. Jesus plus nothing. Um, that we're not saved by what we do, but by the undeserved grace of our Lord Jesus. Let's yeah. just share the gospel real quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is um, on, on like, reels. I don't mm-hmm. do TikTok, but I do reels on Instagram. Yeah. I get, like, a lot of religious reels and stuff, which mm-hmm. is cool. But sometimes, like, um, there's some that make their way in there. Like, um, and this, there, the, this one strand of them was from a devout Catholic mm-hmm. who was, like, talking about how Protestantism was heresy um, because they said that Christianity had always been a workspace religion from the beginning. And I thought, mm-hmm. holy cow, where would you even come up with an idea like that whatsoever yeah. that that hist- like historically speaking from the scriptures that Christianity was a works-based religion yeah. of any kind in fact i mean one of the major points that the new testament writers are trying to make mm-hmm. is what a departure from Judaism yeah. and every other system of religion that the world had ever known um that's what Christianity stood for it was it was a third way it was completely mm-hmm. different than absolutely everything else that was ever offered to people um and that's what that's what like stands out to me so much is um i i I went through this in my own personal life i always thought man one day i'll I'll mature past a lot of the the nonsense that i want to do in my life Mm -hmm. and then it'll be easy to come and be a christian and like all that that's what i always thought because i always thought well you got to kind of get yourself cleaned up and stuff before you can start taking this thing serious and um that's what's so wrong is that so many people get stuck there and then they they realize they never get past that stuff and so they never end up trying to come uh to the lord mm-hmm. um and so it's like um last week i was on a road trip with my best friend jason and um he asked me to put on uh different uh christian hip hop he was like show me some like really good christian hip hop and i took him back lecrae has a song this is like way back in the day lecrae Mm-hmm. Um, called Will You Take Me As I Am. And the intro of that talks about yeah. um, how he saw some guy, and the guy told him, he said, I really um, want, I, I really got to um, find the Lord, but I got to clean up my life first to mm-hmm. come and find the Lord. And uh, then Lecrae raps a song talking about his own personal story about how, like, when he came to Christ, man, his life was an absolute wreck yeah. in all these different ways. And it was like, 
there's nothing up front that should stand in the way of people coming to God um, whatsoever. But, I mean, sometimes you do. You get that, like, oh, well, if you're living like this, then then God doesn't want anything to do with you. You need to stop, you know, filling the blank. you got to stop doing this Mm -hmm. before you can. And it's like, we like, and they're all, you know, probably well-meaning people. They're just putting the cart before the horse. And what they're normally, they're interested in discipleship, which is great. I'm interested in discipleship. The church needs to be better at discipleship. Yeah. Yeah, But the church also needs to be better at evangelism. Mm -hmm. And those are not the same thing. Evangelism and discipleship are not the same thing. So we've been dealing with evangelism a lot the last two weeks. That's why this week you're going to really deal with the discipleship side of it because they're not the Mm -hmm. same thing. Um, and that's why to put any stipulations on someone's salvation mm-hmm. up front is to preach a false gospel whatsoever. Yeah. That's why, and, and this, uh, you know, I, I have, I, I, I'm not trying to pick on Catholics whatsoever, but yeah. like a lot of them just don't know. Like at the right. Council of Trent um, in church history, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, said that anyone that preaches that Christianity is not a works-based religion right. is anathema. That that like that's in one of the Catholic churches. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of their major councils, in one of their major um, treatises that were written up from that, that you are to be cursed if you say that it's not a works-based religion in addition to salvation by faith. And, and I go, there is just nothing in the New Testament yeah. that would hold up to that. Yeah. Right, like if we want to go to James chapter 2, your faith without works is dead. The, the example that is given there is the example of Abraham. Abraham was accounted as righteous when he believed, mm-hmm. it, it, and then he was seen to be righteous through his acts. Those are two different things. That's, yeah. that's evangelism, and then that's discipleship. Mm-hmm. That's salvation, and then that's sanctification. Yeah. These are not the same thing. And sometimes the church is too busy trying to sanctify the world before the world gets saved that it pushes the world further away. And that's why so many people have been turned off by the mm-hmm. church is because someone well-meaning goes like, Oh man, you you're 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 living with your boyfriend, you're living with your mm-hmm. girlfriend. You got to knock that off if you're interested. In, it's like, hey, look, people are going to come to Christ. They're going to look all like they're going to have all kinds of different sins in their life. Right. And up front, there's no stipulation on what they have to do other than to believe. Yeah. And on the back end of it, whatever that sin is, then it mm-hmm. is the responsibility of the church. I would say through like something like groups or mm-hmm. relationships to help disciple that yeah. stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think I saw a reel that I thought was fascinating that was so good. It was a pastor, but he was talking about how a lot of us don't like to share our faith or don't like to try to, you know, invite people to church, do those things because we feel like because we aren't perfect or, you know, maybe God's still discipling us and dealing with something with us that like we can't share that. But we're not meant to point them to us who's perfect or a pastor who's perfect we're meant to point them to a perfect god yeah and that through him like we try like we try we aspire to to be made holy to sanctify like to to do those things throughout our walk but that is discipleship like that's part of the process is that it's these things that we do over Mm -hmm. time as we get to know who christ is as we get to know how he lived and how we are supposed to live and model that behavior um but the belief comes first like i know you've said it before and i've heard it many times like the behavior is what follows the belief yeah our behavior always follows what we what we Mm -hmm. believe 
And so the true test of whether you believe what you say you believe is that eventually yes. your behavior follows. Yes. If the behavior, like, and that's what that's what these people are so worried about is uh -huh. like, well, what if this person's life never changes? Uh -huh. Well, then if their their life never changes in any way whatsoever, then they didn't actually believe what they said that they believed. Yeah. They, and this is where, like, as someone that comes from a Wesleyan background who does not hold to the doctrine of unconditional eternal security, this is actually where I would agree with those that are folk, uh, you know, fans of eternal security is I do think that the vast majority of people that never bear fruit in their life after what they would call a salvation experience, that they never got saved. Mm -hmm. I do think that, that, that that's probably what happens right. in those situations. Like if there's no fruit afterwards, mm -hmm. then the person didn't get saved because behavior always follows belief. Like whatever I believe, um, you know, like, like, from here to my house, there's, like, four different ways I could get home. I'm going to go home the way that I believe is the fastest or right. best way to get home yeah. because my behavior will ultimately follow my belief. The reason mm -hmm. why I ordered what I did at lunch today is because I believed it was the superior option to everything else on the menu. Right. Like, my behavior always follows my belief. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't, then I don't actually believe what I say that I believe. Right. So it was a false confession, false conversion, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. in those moments whenever our behavior doesn't follow suit mm -hmm. but that's also drastically different than someone who truly does come to christ and is struggling through the sanctification yeah. process yeah. um and that's why that's why like to pronounce judgment over someone like their their life's not going to get cleaned up in like two weeks so just because they came to christ they don't have it all figured out yeah. in like in like two weeks like so some like i was saying this on sunday some of us we've lived in god's grace for so long we don't forgot what it was like to be unsaved right like yeah. Sometimes someone has lived so far from God for so long, their life is so tangled up in sin, mm -hmm. it's not going to be an easy process of getting yeah. all of that untangled. Mm -hmm. um, even in a year, sometimes five years, sometimes ten years, yeah. there will be some sort of progression. You'll be yeah. able to see it, but their life is not going to get instantaneously mm -hmm. cleaned up like what you may want it to get cleaned up. Right. And that's why like, we walk together in this and why, why I think relationships mm -hmm. are the best thing for discipleship. Right. Because you can really tell in that relationship if something's really happening or not. If there's a yeah. genuineness going on. Whereas, like, I can't just look at how someone's living their life. And, like, this was a problem of mine in ministry. Um, and, and I think it's something that the Lord heals you of the longer you do ministry. Yeah. It's like you might look at some, certain people that, that struggle with certain sins or are committing mm -hmm. certain sins. And, like, just go, like, oh, man. They're just, they're just putting on a game. Yeah. They're just faking it. Like, look, they're still doing this after all these years. They're just putting on a game whatever it is, and that may be true, mm -hmm. but more often than not, as I've sat down and actually had, from a distance, that's what it looked like, but when I finally sit down and talk to these people, some of these people are just mixed up from the life that they used to have and still trying to figure it all yeah. out, and they love Jesus as much as anybody in the church, yeah. which a lot of times you'll have those conversations, it'll be like mind-blowing, they'll be like, good Lord, they probably read the Bible more than I do, it seems <laughs> yeah. like, because every word yeah. that comes out of their mouth is like scripture, and they're talking about how much they love the Lord and all that, yeah. so it's like, I think the whole transformation process, like, really, we have, like, I just don't think that we always trust God to actually be God. Yeah. We think, oh, no, i got to help God out. i got to go yeah. and, like, you know, make this person feel bad for what they're doing or condemn them or shame them or whatever it is. Yeah. And, like, that will just never draw people to Christ whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that the church has some major issues when we start telling mm -hmm. people, well, you gotta, you got to fix this before you can. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got to stop getting drunk. you got to stop living with your boyfriend before you get saved. You got to stop, you know, having mm -hmm. those feelings towards that part. Whatever it is, yeah. you just start telling people they got to do stuff up front just to get to God. That is, 
That's so unbelievably damaging and anti-gospel. Mm-hmm. Because all of that stuff probably does need to happen. But, yeah. like, again, the webs that we weave in life are not easily untangled in a moment. Right. Whereas, like, our forgiveness before God is instantaneous the moment that we put faith and trust mm-hmm. in him. The process of working all of that out. Yeah. Like, I think of, um, oh, um, climbed up in a little tree. Oh, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm like, man, what's, I could think of part of the song. Um, like with him, you know, he met Jesus and Jesus recognized a change within him and said, salvation has come to this, your, this house today. Right. Salvation is here. Like, but then he said, it wasn't until after that. Yeah. That he said, listen, I want to make things right. Exactly. I will pay back these people like twice as much if need be. Like, I'm going to do this for everybody that I've done wrong. Like, it was after. Yeah. I mean, practically speaking, fact, how long like, do you think that took? Oh, well, I can't He was can't the imagine. chief tax collector. <laughs> right. So he's going to pay back four times what he stole from everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to be. Over all the years. Yeah, I that's mean, not a simple process no. whatsoever. This is an unweaving of this tangled web. Yeah. Probably for quite a while. Oh, yeah. But it, was, it wasn't. it was Jesus didn't come into his house and say, hey, look, you did all these people wrong. you got to make all this right, yeah. and then me and you can talk about your salvation. Right. No, Jesus saved him based on his faith, and then good works began to follow. Yeah. That's why in, in groups yeah. this week, one of the questions was to go and read Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. I said, what does this verse say about the gospel, and then what does this verse say about discipleship? Mm-hmm. And it's verses 2 through 2 and 8, Ephesians 2 and 8. That we are saved not by works, the way no one can boast. It's all about God's grace. That's the gospel. Yeah. It's not anything. And then verse 10 comes in and he goes, and all of this is so that you can go and do the good works that God has already pre-planned for you to do. That's discipleship. Yeah. Everywhere you look, the relationship comes first. And then mm-hmm. if you like to keep it with an R word, which I don't like this word, but it starts with R, the rules came second mm-hmm. every single time. God had a relationship with Abraham where he declared him to be righteous in Genesis 15, I believe. Genesis 21, he says, all right, now go take your son up on the mountain and kill him. He didn't start with that. He didn't start with, hey, if you'll go take your son up on that hill and and kill him, then me and you can talk about let's get you saved. There'd be no way. No. (laughs) And that's that's what it looks like when Christians go like, hey, you've got to stop struggling with that sin before Mm -hmm. God wants anything to do with you. No, it started that way. Same thing with Moses. Like Moses had a, or, or God had a relationship there and then calls him mm-hmm. to go and do something. Everywhere you look, the relationship, Zacchaeus, hey, I'm coming to your house today. I want to eat with you. I want to be with you. And then, okay, mm-hmm. here comes the discipleship. Everywhere you look, it was relationship and then it was whatever the discipleship looked like. Yeah. It has always been like that. That's not even just a New Testament thing. That's, yeah. That is always what it has been like. Mm-hmm. From the beginning, like yeah. God chooses to be in relationship with yeah. Adam long before the stipulation on, hey, don't eat yeah. this tree. He's already in relationship with him. He's already chosen him. Yeah. He's already declared his love yeah. for him. Yeah. And then the rule comes afterwards. Yeah. And so, like, you can make an error. Like, and I, I get it. Like, holiness people get really worried. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, are you just going to get, you just go tell a bunch of people that they're saved and then their life never changes. Yeah. Like, oh, they don't, well, if their life never changes, then they weren't serious about it from the beginning. Yeah. Like, I don't think people are really trying to gain yeah, the system. Yeah, or, you know, like, you have a lot of those, a lot of places, well-meaning, 
you know, do the whole raise your hand, say this prayer, like whatever, repeat after me, but there's no follow up. And that's the thing that like one of the things that as churches and church leaders, we need to make sure that we're doing is that like, that's cool to do that and see, oh, wow, you know, five people today, whatever. But like, if you're not following up with them to help to disciple them, like, cause they go hand in hand, but one happens first and then the other, like, and we can't confuse the two, but like, if we're not doing our jobs, to continue that relationship with yeah. them and continue that guidance, like continue that, like it's not, it's not going to do any good. Yeah. No, this, this whole idea of, Hey, just raise your hand. And if you want to receive it, yeah. it's like, okay, I think people probably got saved like that before, mm-hmm. but if there's nothing on the other end, side of that hand raised, then all they did was raise their hand. Right. Like it wasn't any actual decision. So like we just, we do, we have to trust mm-hmm. God is going to be the one that brings Mm -hmm. about transformation for people that truly believe. Mm -hmm. And, like, I didn't get to get into this on Sunday, but it's a a very natural progression. And, again, behavior always follows belief. Your life will be different when you truly Mm -hmm. believe Jesus is who he says he is because then you'll begin to see things the way Jesus sees them. Mm -hmm. So if Jesus says this is the way that you get the most out of life in regards to relationships, You'll get discipled into the way of Jesus in your relationships. And the way that you do that is because you trust that Mm -hmm. he's the one that knows best. Mm -hmm. If you're still trying to have your own way in your relationships, and it's contrary to the way that Jesus says to do relationships, Mm -hmm. then you don't actually trust Jesus, so therefore you didn't actually get saved. Yeah. Right? So that that trust actually plays itself out in the decisions that you make. If if Jesus says, hey, you know, one thing that leads to life is to not get drunk. Well, then you will you will trust that he knows best, mm-hmm. and you won't get drunk anymore. And yeah. if you continue to get drunk, it's because you didn't trust that he right. actually knows what's best. Yeah. Like, you fill in the blank with whatever your sin is or whatever yeah. your issue is. And I'm not saying that you don't mess up, you don't, you know, right. you know, from time to time or whatnot. I'm just saying if this is a continuous thing, then you don't actually trust the Lord. Um, and if you don't trust the Lord, that's that's what that... That's what that Bible word faith or believe actually means mm-hmm. is actually to trust. Yeah. If you don't trust, then you didn't actually get saved. Yeah. 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 And I, like this past weekend, um, I spoke at a, an event and I told the story of Lazarus and something that God kind of pointed out to me and showed me within it was that like um, when he calls Lazarus out, right, and he comes out, he's still completely bound up. Like there's yes. no way that he got out of there on his own. Nope. Right. Jesus called him forth and God carried him out. And then he said, unbind him and set him free. So there was this progression, like you're not going through it alone too. Like yeah. once that relationship, that initial belief in God happens, he doesn't leave you alone. He's going to carry you and be there with you yeah. every moment thereafter through the Holy Spirit to help you take those things that yep. are, you know, that, that sin, that stuff that might would eventually lead to death. Like he's going to take those things off little at a little, like you can't immediately like take grave clothes off. Like it would be a a process of unwinding and then, you know, then freedom. And so it's just that progression that we need to remember that there's the gospel and then there's discipleship and it is a process, but we have to ultimately just allow that to be a work through God. Our, point our um what we are supposed to do is to share that yep. we can't make anybody do any of those things 
Like, yeah. no matter how much we, we, we may want to, right? Like, we can't force them. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, to people that are, have not responded to the gospel, our one simple role is to love them. Yeah. That's, that's all that God has asked you to yeah. do for those that are far from, mm -hmm. from him. Mm hmm is you're supposed to love those folks. You're yeah. not supposed to disciple people outside the church. Right. Like, that's why, you know, uh, you see in the scriptures, it says, what business of, of it is mine, what a non-believer does, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's none of my business. In fact, right. if they're a non-believer, they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing, actually. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so it's so funny, like, when Christians are so shocked that people outside the mm -hmm. church don't live like people inside the church, it's like, this is what we should expect. This is what yeah. we've been told to expect. So um, we, we just have to, we, you, there should be, an, like, you get some churches that are all evangelism, no discipleship. Mm -hmm. You get some that are no evangelism, all discipleship. You've got to have both. Mm -hmm. Churches that are going to make a difference in the future will have an emphasis on both, mm -hmm. um, and, and they won't confuse the two either. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know um, you mentioned first service, but second you didn't. Um, if you were to go on and continue to read after verse 19 and chapter 15 of Acts, yeah. um, there are these like four things that they hit on um, that seem a little strange and weird to us. And even after reading like, hey, no, Jesus came for, for both the Gentiles, like all the people, right, for all of humanity. Then you see these four things, and it can seem a little bit weird, but like, yeah. let's just tell us what yeah, that's Yeah, if you go and read that, all four of those things are tied to the cultural issues surrounding the temples mm -hmm. in that area of like, so one of them is sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. Really what they're talking about is part of the local religions in a lot of the areas in the first century, temple prostitution was part of those religions. Mm -hmm. So sexual immorality was rampant because of that. Um, and then eating certain meats and all this different stuff that they, that they mentioned in the rest of Acts 15, all of it was really tied to the, the temple, the pagan temple mm -hmm. system. And what was happening is, those were four um, things that, that the church is going, hey, let's stay away from these. Mm -hmm. But it was discipleship. It wasn't gospel yes. issues. Right. They weren't saying if you stay away from these four things, then you can be saved. They were saying because you are saved, let's stay away from these things. Um, part of that was because you had Jews and Gentiles, yeah. and the Jews would do certain things that Gentiles wouldn't and vice versa. And if yeah. they were ever going to get along together, yeah. then there had to be some concessions. Mm -hmm. So it was more about, discipleship and fellowship than it was about evangelism. Yeah. And again, we don't want to get that confused. So if you read the rest of that story and then feel like, oh, wait, no, they no, they did add stipulations. Yeah. They really didn't. They What they were doing on the back end was like, hey, this is a mixed up, messed up group mm -hmm. of people that's got to be able to get along. Yeah. And so here are some ways that we can make sure everyone stays. And Paul really like um, dives into this in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 through chapter 10. He starts talking about how like, hey, if your if your brother or sister that you invite over for dinner, if they have a weak conscience where they just came out of the temple system, um, but maybe you bought that discounted meat from the temple or whatnot, hey, maybe skip that that night for not because there's anything wrong with it because we know idols are just fake gods and so whatever, but do it for them. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening here in first er, in Acts 15 is it's just concessions for brotherly love. Yeah, essentially like. The, mo the, the easiest modern version of this for me is no matter, no matter what you feel about alcohol, mm -hmm. if you have a friend that's an alcoholic and you drink in front of them, that's probably a bad yeah. witness. Yeah. That's just, it's just. It's not you, very loving. It's not very loving whatsoever. Yeah. 
I'm not saying that you don't have your Christian liberties to, to indulge in that in certain situations and things like that, but I am saying if you got a friend, like if you're inviting a couple over and they both yeah. just came out of your recovery ministry at church, then you're not being a good brother or a good sister by doing that. That's the same thing Paul's talking about when it comes to this idol uh, meat and stuff like yeah. that. It's just like if you're going to do something that's going to harm someone else, like as a Christian you should just think through that and go, you know what, that's not a great idea. Right. And that's yeah. all that was happening. So they were not putting stipulations or adding to the gospel. Uh-huh. It was simply discipleship and fellowship um, guidelines so the way the church could get along and, and, and be able to have fellowship with one another. Yeah, absolutely. So, so good. So um, I'll just leave you with this little nugget that you said that I just enjoy, and I think it wraps it up really nicely, is that you can't clean the fish before you catch it. Yeah. So um, that is this in a nutshell, really. But um, if you want to continue to um, catch new content, we drop every Wednesday for the extra point, And you can catch us on Sundays, either live on our YouTube or um, after the fact. But we hope you um, have enjoyed this. And we'll be back next week for one more week of Stained Glass Crash. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.